Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rodan Podcast. Stay tuned to hear all things LFC. Mella, lovely cushion header for Gerard! Oh, beauty! What a head shot! What a head! Liverpool 3-0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Yeah! Yeah! Salah took it, rolled it up here for Nunez! Hi everyone and welcome to Season 3 of the Road End Podcast. Today I'm joined by Brad Smith, who's a former Liverpool player, now playing in the MLS. This is the last episode of Season 3 and I'd just like to thank everyone for listening, downloading, streaming, whatever it is you're doing. It's been brilliant for me and hopefully I'm back soon. Brad, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Hey, good, mate. Thanks for having me. That's no, good to have you on. It's good to have you on. Um, massive time difference for anyone who's listening. Brad's obviously playing over now in the States for Houston Dynamo. Let's just get started with your days at Liverpool then. Your English parents, is that right? But you're Australian? Yeah, English parents. Um, dad was born in uh, Rochdale, close to Manchester. And my mum was born in Birmingham. Um, obviously, they moved to Australia when I was young and um, started playing there and stuff. And ended up family selling the selling the business. Um and selling the house and and moving to Liverpool for for a shot for me and you know and go from there to be honest. Where did you first get like noticed? Then was you playing for like a local side or was you at a, a club? I was playing um, through just like the normal ages in Australia. And, <clears> you know, football's not crazy big over there. It's it's growing, um, but it's not mm. like England at all. Um, so I was playing for a local team, and I kind of realised that you know I was pretty good, and I was I kept going up ages and stuff. Um, to find better better talent and then eventually just going further and further out from where I live to find more teams and we joined uh this like team that like, could development squad and they did like tours over to Denmark, Sweden and Europe just to play like uh, academy teams and stuff like that. I don't know how they figured out how to to get those games but um <laughs> ended up playing in in some tournaments and stuff and I was actually a striker at the time and uh there was there was scouts at one of the games and uh, there was a few few teams in, in for me at, at that stage. And, you know, it was crazy coming from a local team in Australia and going abroad and, you know, having scouts at the game and saying, do you want to come over and, and have a trial and, and, and have a shot? Well, how old was you when you moved over? Uh, 14. 14. All right. So it's, yeah. quite, it's quite late then, isn't it? To be honest, come to Liverpool Academy. Yeah, it's late. 
but it's obviously the journey. Also an, yeah, yeah. It's also that it's also that age where like I probably wouldn't have gone over by myself if my family didn't come, just because I was, was a little young. You know, if you come over at seventeen or something, you can you can you know grow up at that age. But at fourteen, you have to go into like digs or house parents and stuff, and I wasn't really willing to do that. So you know, credit to my family, and uh, I'm always grateful for them for making the the effort and giving me a shot. Who was you close to then? In the um, because your age group was a belter of an age group, weren't it? You had some squad. Um, mm. who was the lads you stuck around with? Um, lads that you probably know. Uh, I don't know if you've had him on it, Adam Morgan. Yeah, Adam Morgan, Morgan on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was a he was a good friend of mine. Um, and you know we still we still speak now and stuff, so that's good. I don't know if you remember Lewis Hatch, Josh Sumner. Um, yeah, those guys. Yeah, all all those lads. Um, I still speak to them every now and then, so it's it's good that you know they've they've all gone their separate ways, and you know we still can pick up the phone and, and text each other and see how we're going and stuff. It's, it's cool. So you're coming through with the the academy, and obviously we seem to have a knack for bringing fullbacks through. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's be let's just put it that way. We've got a good we've got a good reputation for fullbacks. Um, when you obviously are going through the ages and you get that first call to be part of the actual squad, was that under Rogers? Is that right? Yeah, it was under Rogers. So you, you know, you go through through the system and you go to the reserves, and I think it's changed a little bit now. It used to be actual reserves. Um, that was actually tough because you you'd it'd be the players that weren't playing in all the Premier League teams to come down and play in the reserves, and it was like real, real physical men and stuff, you know. But now it's kind of like twenty threes. It's kind of like uh, more kids, if you, if you say. Um, that was tough but from when you're in the reserves you kind of get filtered to the first team you know you go for training sessions probably nowhere near it at the time but they need bodies and for the game for the days that like the first team guys you know are on recovery or resting so they need bodies to go up there and and train and you know you do that for for, for so long and just hopefully one day you get a shot and i think um there was a few injuries um and stuff like that the first time i was on the bench was uh, man city away um yeah i remember my my, my dressing uh, my shirt hanging up in the dressing room and it was just like you know the craziest the craziest day of my life and yeah i'll never forget that and just like my world kind of blew up from there and it was the coolest thing and that was that was under brendan rogers that was the first first taste i had so under rogers um i, I don't know if you was you on i'm sure you was on the tour of the states when he done the envelopes was you there then yeah, so I don't remember what was what was the envelope saga? What was that? I spoke to um, Ryan McLaughlin as well about this, and mm-hmm. he, he yeah, he was there. He was there. Yeah. yeah, so they had the um, he done these envelopes, and I think you rem- if you remember right, we done this like Amazon type of show, um, and Rogers had names of envel in the envelopes of who he think would let him down, and he didn't want the the member of the team to be letting him down at the end of the season. Can you remember that? Yeah, I remember it, but it never came out, right? It did. They come out, yeah. It oh, the names out, so never. No, the, the names. names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what are you? One of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, what did you think of that when that happened? Because I'm not being funny, right? Uh, you know what we're like, scousers, and we all looked at that and went, "What are you doing?" But what what did you think as players? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you just don't want your, you just don't want your name to be on there. You know what I mean? Um, and thankfully, it, it wasn't so. Uh, <laughs> That's, that's probably all you think at the time. You're probably thinking it's a little bit weird as well, to be honest. It's more of a, I guess it was more of the, one of those things where they, he wants to push players or stuff like that. And um, 
I don't know. This is, that's the style he went for, but that uh that trip was that trip was amazing. You know, we had like Ryan was there, Morgo was there, um, Jack Robinson. There's a bunch of young guys on the on the tour, Raheem Sterling. Um, when he was kind of coming through, that's kind of where he broke through. Um, and that was just such a cool tour just to be around the first team and, and go to the States and get a real feel of it. It's actually interesting now that the first time I went was to America and now I'm in America playing. So um, that's quite cool. Yeah. But um, no, that trip was that trip was amazing. And yeah, that was actually my first taste of um, going with the first team and stuff. Because um, obviously I need big, big numbers to go there and stuff. So yeah, that was amazing. And how did you find, forgetting the envelope drama and whatever, Obviously, Brendan Rodgers is an unbelievable coach, first and foremost. Um, yeah. I look back at that time and, you know, it was it was a nearly season. Let's be honest, it was a very nearly season and Suarez was just unplayable at that time. But if you look back at your days under Rodgers, what do you think of him as a coach? Like I've touched on, he's, I thought he was unbelievable, but it just didn't quite reach that level we needed. Yeah, I thought I thought Brendan Rodgers was an unbelievable coach. Um, the sessions he had us doing, uh, the way he involved everyone, I think he was just, he was class and, you know, he, he was so, so close. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was anything that like, it was just, you know, it was one of them seasons where it just didn't, didn't go away. And I don't think there's anyone to like blame about it. It was just, I don't think Rogers wasn't ready for it or anything. It was just one of those things, man. It's just heartbreaking, honestly. And be, being around it in that season was just absurd because like, you know, it was so close and it was going so well. And just, it's just so fun being around it a winning team and to watch Liverpool now these days, like that's, that's where they need to be. And it's, it's amazing to watch. So knowing you're in and around that season uh, and around that team, sorry, it was obviously going through a big period to transition, quite a few players coming in, quite a few players going out. But when you're training with that team, I still put them down as one of the best players I've ever seen and the best number nines I've ever seen. But how was it with Suarez? Yeah, Suarez was was absurd. Um, obviously, you had Gerard Coutinho. Suarez, I, I think Coutinho is the best. Really? Yeah, the best. You could ask a lot of a lot of the guys um, my age that kind of was up there. Then he was just unplayable. But Suarez just had this knack of like everything. Everything would fall for him. Everything would go his way. You know, he'd like chop in the box. It would hit the guy's leg and then come back to him. And you know, his finishing speaks for itself. And he was he was amazing to like be around and just. All those guys, to be honest, just like, especially Gerard, you go up to go up to the training sessions, and even the first team players there are in awe of in awe of Gerard, and it's just like this weird, like it's like he's a god, man. It's it's <laughs> it's cool, but you're so nervous when you go up there, and but he was great at making um making guys welcome. You know, if they're up there the first time, he'd come and say hello and try and calm them down because I think he he understands like how nervous it is being around him and and the other first teamers. So he was he was great at that, but. Yeah, Suarez, man, that guy was that guy was lethal, and that that season with with Sterling, um, Sturridge, and uh, and Suarez was was crazy. So you've just touched on Stevie there, and obviously we've looked at from the outside in, and he's he's my best player I've ever seen in the Liverpool shirt. It's as simple as that. He's the best, probably the best player I'll ever see, just because of what he brought, and obviously he's from the local area and things like that. But a lot of people talk about the demands that he sets every day. And we don't get to see that. So, obviously, you've touched on he's nice, he's welcoming and things like that. But on the training pitch, how was it? Yeah, like he's he's a perfectionist. And in training, he was he was <coughs> perfect. He wouldn't do anything wrong. He would never lose the ball. Um, his diags are just absurd. His passing's crazy. 
but he would expect a lot of um a lot of everyone around him. I think he gave a bit more leeway to the young guys coming through and stuff like that. But I've I've listened to the Peter Crouch podcast a lot. I listened to that and um I remember he him talking about like when he first got there and he was a first team player and Gerard's like wrapping yeah. him into him and he, he's messing up his touch and stuff like that. That's kind of what he was like with with the first team guys, the established guys. That's what he was like. He he was so good that he expected perf- perfection back and um yeah just a true professional and you know that's why he's had the career he's had coming a local lad through the through the system and you know for me he's the best player to ever play for Liverpool as well yeah I I assume with things like that though as much as it puts a lot of pressure on you I assume that I'd take you to another level as well because you demand it from yourself then yeah for sure you 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 play better with with better players it's just just step up and uh and try and perform at, at, at that level and it does make you a better player and I think that's shown with a lot of the players that have gone through you know even even the, the era when I when I left and stuff like that there was a lot of young players that had gone through and um I felt like Liverpool made those players better and then they all they all got sold and went went on to their their careers and you know I felt like that that pathway helped helped uh, a lot of the players go and go and have the careers they've had Okay, so let's move on to your time under um, probably a generational manager for me, first of all, and obviously for a lot of people that are listening, watching, or watching Liverpool in general. Um, the first time you met Klopp, can you recall that moment? Yeah, so um, I briefly left Liverpool, um, and then I, after Brent Rodgers left, I came back, um, and Klopp had been there. Klopp, had, Klopp kind of brought me back there. Um, I went. I went. Sorry, am I right in saying you you had like a bit of a thing going on with your contract and then you resigned? Yeah, I was on. I was on loan with Swindon, and then um, we had a contract contractual issue, and then they brought me back. Uh, brought me back off loan, and then you know I was just with the with the twenty threes and stuff for that season. Then ended up leaving in the off season, and then Brendan Rodgers left, and Jurgen Klopp came in, and I came back. And I think I was with the 23s for about a week. And then Jurgen Klopp saw me and then he pulled me up to the first team. And um, from then I was just with the first team until I, until I left Liverpool, which is which is crazy. You know, you come back for a, for a week and then he he sees you and he pulls you up there. But the moment I met him was, you know, he is what he what he looks like from the outside. He gives gives everyone hugs. He loves he loves hugs and, you know, he likes to keep people close and he's a uh, yeah, like you said, he's a generational manager and he's incredible. And um, I think why he's so good is he can keep everyone in the squad happy, makes everyone feel loved. And I think that's such an important thing because, you know, the, at the top level, there is there is egos and everyone wants to play and everyone's great players. It's just, it, it is what it is. And to keep the the rest of the squad happy and make sure they feel loved is, is so important because you need the morale around the team and, um, I think that's that's shown from from the success he's had from when he when he was the manager there. Definitely. So, how hands on is he in session? So, you've he's got obviously a big team around him in terms of coaching staff and assistant manager, and he's got Pep Linders now who people was blaming him on the downfall of last season for some bizarre reason. Um, how hands on is he in training, or is he the guy that just oversees type of things in training? Um, a bit of both. A bit of both. Um... The other, I can't remember the name of the other coach, but the, he, when he first went there, there was him and the the two guys he was with. Um, they kind of took took take uh, took most of the sessions and 
and he would oversee it, but he would always be there involved and, you know, he'd say stuff and he was always, always super involved. And then Pep uh, Linders obviously went through the system. Um, I remember Pep Linders when I was with uh, reserves or under 18s or something, we were away and we first, he first came and he was super into it. Like um, all the little drills and stuff like that. And to see him progress through the, through the system as well and make it to the first team is, is great because he's such a great coach. And I felt like that's part of the success as well. So I don't think anyone can say that's to his downfall. I think he's a great coach and he's worked his way up. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's hands on. He's always there, but he obviously has his, his good coaches around him to, to run the sessions as well. Yeah. So did you see the Pep Linders thing where he brought his book out and he's going around the training ground and he's getting everyone yeah, to get yeah, a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, So, funny. you know, mate, you know what Twitter's like and you know what social media is like. And obviously last season was a bit of a, just a nightmare. And let's say we'll chalk it off and forget it even happened. But people were blaming him for bringing out his secrets in his booth. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as soon as you do anything like that on camera on social media, it's, it's just going to blow yeah. up and you're never going to hear the end of it. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Um, okay, so obviously you you spent your time under Klopp and you you make your debut at Stamford Bridge. Um, I mean, it's a tough place to go at the best of times. And they've got the likes of Hazard and probably one of the best players I've ever seen live, to be honest with you. What was it like when you made that, let's say, comp- I know you made your debut in the, the Europa League, was the UEFA Cup, whatever it was. Um, but your competitive Premier League debut is a way to Stamford Bridge. You come on. How was that? Well, that was actually my first. That was actually my full debut. At, oh, at was the, it? So yeah, was you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes it even tougher. And then obviously, you know, we'll talk about Jurgen Klopp after. Um. Yeah, that that day was that day was surreal. So I think I mentioned before I was on the um on the bench for Man City, and then I think I was on the bench a couple more times, or maybe maybe it was straight after. I can't remember, but anyway, we went to Stanford Bridge away, and um. <laughs> You know, it's one of the, it's one of those one of those crazy days. And um, personally, if I look back at it now as a more mature man, I, I don't think I was ready um, yeah. for that for that type of game. You know, it was I was more I was like a deer in headlights. It was like this is the first time <laughs> I'm, I'm playing. I'm coming onto Stanford Bridge at two one down, like this Hazard and stuff. And um, I don't think I wasn't ready, like ability wise, because obviously that's why he he put me on to play. But the pressure and the the moment of it all, I definitely wasn't ready for. You know, like players coming through the system, and, and spe- especially as such a big club like Liverpool, you you're probably better off coming on in a cup game or starting a cup <laughs> game, or you know, you know, like you know what I'm saying, or like yeah. like when I like when I went back to Liverpool and I played uh, my first game with with Jurgen Klopp, it was Southampton away. I think it was five or six nil. We're winning. And he, he puts me on and, and, and I get an assist and it was a much better day. You know what I mean? So um, I think the occasion I, I wasn't ready for, my ability-wise, I was ready. But once I got on the field, it was like, well, once he told me I was coming on, it was like, I, I didn't know how to react and stuff like that. But, you know, that's football. And it's one of those days that I'll, I'll never forget for sure. Because, you know, making your debut for Liverpool in the Premier League at, at Chelsea um, is one of the greatest things. It's probably the greatest accomplishment I've ever had, to be honest. So... Probably wasn't ready uh, mentally, ability-wise. I was there, but the day, you know, it was a, it was a tough day for me, and we didn't we didn't end up getting a result, so it was it was tough. Can you remember after the game what he said to you? <clears throat> um, 
obviously it's probably a big massive whirlwind. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was it was just crazy from from the moment you told me I was coming on to after it, and you know all all friends and family because once you step on the field for Liverpool, your your life changes. You get recognised <clears throat> everywhere, and you know it's it's just different, man. And it was it was amazing. Uh, I remember some of the players. I think remember Glenn Johnson. Um, something sticks out for me. He was like, you know. Don't worry about what people saying on social media and that. I've I've had abuse for years. Just block it out. Um, you've just made your debut for Liverpool. This is an amazing day for you. And you know that's nice. That was yeah, it was nice, and it stuck with me. I remember, always remember that. So obviously, let's say your career at the club didn't turn out the way you would have liked and the way you've foreseen your future. Um, how did it sort of come to an end, or how did you know it was sort of coming to an end? Um. Well, I think, I think, you know, going through going through the the system, I think that we had some some good times. I had some some good performances at Liverpool, and you know, I, I, I scored a goal for Liverpool. That's probably the greatest exactly. day of my life. Um, I was gonna I get got, to that. I got a couple. I got a couple of. I got a couple of assists. I got sent off. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just <laughs> it was one, of those, one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> But I could say I did all those things, you know. So it's a, you know, to play for Liverpool, my team, and it's a team I'll always love and support, is uh, one of the greatest accomplishments. And you know, to be to be at Liverpool and stay there and and do like what Trent's done is, it's kind of unheard of. You look at the players that have yeah. done done that, right? It's like Steven Gerrard and and Trent. Like, um, so when you look how many players have played, gone through the system, and then they've been sold, right? So I mm. think it was just uh my time I remember Klopp sitting me down and was like, this is the time for you to go out and, you know, express yourself. Um, it worked out for both parties. You know, they got a, a big chunk of change for me um, for just playing like two seasons with the, with the club. And I think it was just like, it was, it was fine. Um, uh, obviously I didn't want to leave, but yeah, I felt like I, I needed to as well, because at that point they were going to sign someone and then you, you're not playing games and, you know, it all just, it was just one of those things that <clears throat> bad blood. Um, Klopp was great with it. He sat me down and spoke to me about it and just said, this is, this is your time to go fly and gave me one of his big famous hugs. And yeah, it was, uh, I think it was just, it was fun. It was fun. It was, uh, it was, it was sad to leave, but obviously it was the right time. So you just mentioned there, you scored in the, um, in the game Exeter, Exeter in the cup, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen your celebrations. I think you lost your shit, didn't you? You, just, <laughs> you lived our dream, mate. So how was it when you scored that goal? Yeah, it was it was crazy. You could see on my face. Um, yeah, you know, to 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 score a goal from fullback, I'm not known for scoring goals, but I'm, I'm known for getting up there and attacking and crossing balls. But to be in the box and when when it came out and 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 I hit it as soon as I hit it, I knew I knew it was going in. And you know, it's one of those things you just out of body experience. Um, same with the same with the Divock Origi cross when I crossed up Southampton. If you yeah. look at my my face, it was just like I was just like. Is out of body. So th- those two moments were just like the craziest things ever. And, you know, to experience that and to, to be there at such a big club and a big moment, it's something that will live with me forever. And I'm sure once I move home, I'll have a nice photo of, of that goal up or so- somewhere around the house. And, you know, it's one of those things you just get to, it's just crazy. Like the, the coming from where I've come from and to be able to do those things is, is dream come true. Yeah. So you just mentioned Devok there. He's a he's a hero, isn't he? Just the goals he's come yeah. up with. But every time I used to look at him, I used to think he looks so fu- he looks too chilled out for me. <laughs> he's so chill. <laughs> like you're looking at him and you're thinking, 
just a little, little bit of a shake, get a bit of something out of him. But then he comes on and just scores goals that matter most. Um, how was he as a person? Great person. Um, great around the, the team and the locker. And I think that's why he stayed there so long. And he came up with huge moments for the club and he's a hero. Yeah. Got a statue yeah. of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, but he was, he was a good guy. All the old people I was there with at the time were, were great, you know. Um, and I, I respect them all. And they helped me grow as a person and a player. So they were all great. Okay, so let's just talk about your move to Bournemouth then. Um, I'd say you was very unfortunate with injuries and they just every injury you seem to have seems to be a long one, which is shit for you and I'm, I'm sorry for that. Um, the Bournemouth move is another move that, again, it didn't really work out for you. Um, you would have liked, obviously, to have played a lot more games than that and I'd probably said I'd like to have seen a lot more of you at Liverpool than Moreno, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Six million, I think, is the rumoured fee. Seven million, I don't know what it is. Um, when that comes in, we're looking at that, and obviously we haven't seen much of you. And thinking, bloody hell, what a why, why are Bournemouth giving us this money? And then there's twenty five for Solanke, there's fifteen for Jordan Ibe, and you're thinking, they're just splashing money out a lot. When that fee come in, how did you feel about it first of all? Yeah, going on about that, those fees, that, that, that just pops up on Twitter all the time, by the way. I'm oh, off Twitter now, but, that's <laughs> but why, I remember... That's why I'm asking you the question. <laughs> yeah. um, I always, you know, I'm off I'm off Twitter now. It actually got hacked, so no, and then I haven't made a new one. But, um, yeah, I always used to see that. It always pop up every year about the, those fees and stuff. And, you know, that's like I mentioned before, is Liverpool paved the pathway for those people. And, yeah, you know, you're a young, you're young, you have potential. And I think that's why these teams take take um take risks and money nowadays it's just flowing around so they're throwing yeah, big nice. money around so so uh you know it's one of those things but um obviously for when i heard they were coming in for that sort of fee that's like when Klopp sat me down and was like this is this is good for the club it's good for you mm. um so it just it just made sense um obviously it helped me out financially going there as well so it's just a <laughs> bit it's a win for everyone um I was going to ask you that, but you said it. (laughs) (laughs) We're honest. We're honest. Um, But yeah, going there, obviously, I wanted to to play more. And I don't think, I honestly don't think I got the right opportunities to play there. And, you know, it was a big shame because me and my family loved living in Bournemouth. And it was a great place, made some great friends for life. And I just never really got the opportunity. Um, Why was that? I think. You don't have to be too yeah. honest about it, but how how like if you if they're going to spend that money and listen, I'm going to take the fee away from it for one minute because mm-hmm. we know it was a it was a fee at that time. But money aside, why invest that much money when you've just been I'd say promoted and you you're trying to tread water and stay in the Premier League if then you don't utilize the player for what you want? I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough one, and it's always down to what managers want and stuff like that, but. You'd think that when if you get brought in for that sort of fee, you'd get some sort of real opportunity, but that didn't didn't happen. And you know, Eddie Howe is, is a great is a great manager, and what he's doing at, at Newcastle is great. I've got nothing bad to say about him, but um, yeah, I don't. I, I personally don't feel like I got the opportunity. Um, maybe it was because the guys came through the system with him. They, he took, you know, half the team was from League Two, and they went all the way to the yeah. Premier League. So he trusted those guys, and maybe that was just just the way it was. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to like prove myself and, and learn and grow as a player there and, and get the opportunities. And that's football. Sometimes it goes goes up and it, it comes down. So um, 
it's one of those things, man. You can't look back on it, but I'll always look back on my Liverpool times as the happiest days. And, you know, I see you happy there. And then you go to Bournemouth and it's a bit lower, but that's football, man. I've had, but I also got riddled with injuries as well. I would go to the, yeah, like what you mentioned. I, uh, I would go to the national team, which for Australia is, you know, fly to Australia, then fly to Asia and then come back and get ready for the weekend games. And that was tough. And I'd, I'd always, because I wasn't playing much at Bournemouth, but they were still selecting me. I'd always go to the national team, um, start the game on like crazy time zones. We take sleeping tablets just to get some rest before the games because you're trying to flip time zones so quickly within three mm. days. Um, and then I'd play the game and get injured. And then I'd come back and it would ruin my chances at Bournemouth. So, um, but you can't turn down your chance to play for your country, can you? It's no, no, I love, I love playing for my country and it's that's a dream come true as well. So it was a balance of everything, honestly, injuries, missed opportunities but maybe i would have got more opportunities if you know from the if i wasn't injured from the national team so it, it's a tough man it's tough but that's football you can speak to any player and there's there's so many ups and downs and you know you got you got to be you got to be willing to like take them take them all as they come and as you grow older and and you realize that it's you know it's the way it is yeah and you know what i appreciate your honesty and everything you're saying as well because like you've said you've seen on twitter before the fees and everything like that and it must be an absolute nightmare to just—I wouldn't even say carry it because, you know, you've you've gone on and you've gone on to have a brilliant career. You're still playing now, and you've still got a lot of things to come ahead. Um, it's just boring, isn't it, when you see all this constant negativity from people? Like you don't put the value on your head first of all. Yeah. So no. you know it's, what? Uh... What do they want you to do? The, Liverpool are not going to turn down the value, the fee that come in, and you're not going to turn down the chance of a massive signing on fee, decent wages, and moving mm. to Bournemouth where it's warmer than this shit all where we are. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but at the, at the, yeah, at the end of the day, Liverpool ended up getting the better the better end of it. So I don't know why Liverpool fans always have to. Uh, man, on listen, about it if if like I can that, say but... anything, right? Liverpool fans Twitter is not Liverpool fans, so just try and separate yeah, yeah. them too. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no, I, I definitely but at that age, you know, you're like oh, twenty two. Yeah. You don't you don't understand it all and um but now now I'm mature and I'm an older man now, so um <laughs> it's it's fine, man. People can people can say whatever they want, but when I was always around the place, Liverpool fans would, would love me, come up to me and you know, want photos, stuff like that. So the the people that I would see, um the real Liverpool fans would, you know love me for for the player i was and not for for that sort of stuff so it Listen, was, it anyone was who anyone who brings on or puts on that liverpool shirt represents the club and the fan base and anyone who's gone on to make the debut whether, whether it's three minutes whether it's three games whether it's 300 games it doesn't matter you've lived your dream and no one else's opinion matters so yeah. anyway don't, don't and no, one, no, one, no one can no one, <laughs> no one can take no one can take that stuff away from you that's the way exactly exactly yeah. so you, you you know you have various clubs in between this, but you're at the MLS now. Um, you're at Houston Dynamo. Um, how's things? How's things in the states? First of all, good. So obviously, I was when when I first heard um, that America was interested, I was like, "What the? <laughs> like this is crazy. I'm not going. I'm not going out there." And yeah, um, they sent me a bunch of stuff, and um, it looked appealing. I went to Seattle first, and they have a great fan base. They get like thirty, forty thousand every week, and um, that drew me out well. there. Yeah, it's good to say. It's the Seahawks Stadium, which is cool. Um, so then I went out alone there for for a year, not knowing what it would be like. I ended up loving it. Um, uh, went permanently signed out there, and we we won the league with Seattle. Um, we were successful there. We got to the the final two years in a row, which was cool. Then I went to DC for a year for my ACL, which wasn't great. So 
just got back this year with, with the Houston Dynamo and we're currently in in the playoffs now so um there's eight teams left and you know we're fighting to to go to the final again and I love America my family's enjoying it here maybe I'll come back to America, uh, to England one day we'll see my, my wife's family's there so we'll see man but I'm currently currently enjoying America out here the weather's but it's much better. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ever come here, Mason? <laughs> That's what Zoom's for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, so when you played at DC, was Rooney there at the time? Uh, he wasn't there, but then I tore my ACL, and then a week later he came in. How was uh, that? Having someone it was, it was bad time. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I felt like he, you know, I was injured, and he, he probably knew I wasn't going to play for him, but he would come over to me every day and speak to me, and, I think we could relate as well. We had stuff to talk about because all everyone else is American there, right? So he doesn't understand. And obviously he's born in Liverpool. So we, we could talk about a lot of stuff. My wife's from Liverpool. Um, so we, we could just relate with, with a lot of stuff. And, you know, he was a he was a great guy to come and speak to me every single day on the, on the treatment table, just tore my ACL. So, yeah, a lot of respect for him. And, um, yeah, it's such a shame I couldn't couldn't uh, play under him because I think he would have he would have liked me. And was am I right in saying Ben Teke was there as well? Yeah, Ben Teke, obviously he signed Ben Teke, so that was a cool, cool moment when when Christian came in and they got it on camera actually, us us seeing each other for the first time um in a long time. So that was cool. And I think he's he's done well over there. He, he's he's still he's still doing well and obviously they missed the playoffs, but he scored a bunch of goals and I think he's enjoying it. How good was he in training? Because we he used to he used to wind me up because he used to terrorise Liverpool when he played for Villa. And we didn't quite see the best of him at Liverpool, unfortunately, apart from that mm-hmm. unbelievable overhead at United. Um, but <laughs> how was um, how was he to play against in training? Um, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because like you see, like at Villa, he was killing it. This is just, yeah. this is the biggest thing about football. You can, you can be a certain type of player and then come in and the manager might not rate you or whatever you know and you might not be the same player and you know it was it was tough for Benteke to to get minutes and stuff and and I played a lot of the games that I played with Liverpool with Benteke because we were kind of like the second unit when uh, mm. the first unit was pushing for Europa League um and you know he's a, he's a great player and, and a great person um and it's just it's just one of those things if like if you look back at Firmino which is is an absolute hero at Liverpool this is a, it's a prime example when he first came in you probably remember fans were like, this guy sucks, this guy, blah, yeah. blah, all this stuff, right? And then Klopp got the best out of him. That's that's a, a proven like point that he's a great manager. He got the best out of him and he came, became an absolute hero for Liverpool, you know? So it's one of those things that players are up and down and, you know, they might go some, they might be the best player at one team, they go to a different team, they're not the best player. It's about fun and where you're happy and, and where you can perform your best and, and the manager gets the best out of you. And yeah, fans, I, I don't think fans kind of see all that sort of stuff, so... It's nice to probably nice for you guys to hear it from a, from an actual player. Um, yeah, mate, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but it's one of those things. Right, let's call it a pod, there, mate. I know you've got stuff to do yourself, and also you've got a playoffs to prepare for. So, good luck with the playoffs. I hope you obviously get as far as you physically can um, mm-hmm. and win it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been really good to have you on, mate. It's you know it's it's nice to have someone who's been there and done it and experienced something that we can only dream of as as local lads, you know what I mean? And Liverpool fans, first of all. But yeah, good luck with everything and yeah, keep doing your thing, brother. I appreciate your time. No worries, man. Appreciate it. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. 
Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod. 